Testing one, two, three. Testing and checking and testing. Vatai Vant is food, so you make that happen and I will reward you with a meal. Steak and shake, firehouse sub. Okay, this is going to be fun. Welcome to episode 5 of the Movieology Podcast. I'm with Michael Menkoff and Eric Rauch. And this is Joe Darnell. I'm tuning in as one of the new additions on the microphone for this episode. We're talking about a TV show instead of the norm of a movie. Uh, it's just whatever that comes into our mind that we think is worth talking about, we're going to talk about on the show. Mainly, we're interested in hot topics of culture and good storytelling and philosophy. So if it comes out of television, we'll talk about it as much as anything that could come from the theater. So, um... Anyway, guys, it's great to be back together again because it's, we've it's been a while. We've been off the microphone for four months. It so, did not feel um, that long. Felt like three and a half. It felt more like three and a half to me. Yeah, <laughs> just three and a half. Well, you know, uh, as it is, we actually record tonight, but listeners get this a whole three days later. So that means it'll be four solid months, and we are so sorry, guys. But we'll try to do better next time. Um, there was actually not a whole lot to talk about, to be honest. I mean, we kept on planning. We'd be like, hey, let's go see the, you know, the this great powerful Oz. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, there's even articles. There's numerous articles coming out that this summer is one of the worst summers for Hollywood in general. There are tons of big budget flops, like a lot. Big budget flops and a lot of movies that people are going to anyway because – well, what else, else are they going to watch? But there's nothing to talk about from it. I mean, we right, were going to no. go to Great and Powerful Laws, and it was just like, I watched it with my wife and was just so very thankful that they let us in there for free after the movie was done. And I was just like, wow, that was, that was you, a serious waste. Did you see that that was a complete ripoff of a movie from the 90s? I, I don't know. I've, yeah, there there's a, a side-by-side comparison of another movie in the 90s, and that particular movie was just beat for beat ripping off of this other which movie. Be- it was a horrible film. It was something stupid. It was like well, it's, then it probably was film. a total rip. The Great Powerless Steve, <laughs> yeah, nineties. Yeah, I'll look it up and we'll put it in the show notes, guys. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> it, it had a name like that. Sadly, that was actually a pretty good one. I think Bogus Journey really took a turn. Oh, for worse. yeah, it, was, it definitely went downhill. The franchise just lost it with that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet. All right. Okay, well, y'all wanted to talk about Breaking Bad. And I don't know the, the first thing about this show, except that y'all find it rather interesting. Um, this started in 2007, and it's on AMC. Now, how do y'all guys watch it? Do y'all watch it on TV when it's live new episodes, or do you catch no, it on... Okay. I record them. Netflix. And, yeah, and I actually try my very, very hardest not to watch them as they're coming out. Hmm. Because it's just... It's so much better to just have the entire, in my opinion, it's so much better to have accumulated, even if you're waiting for Netflix right. and you got the whole season. Because right. sometimes... Because you catch things that you would normally see if you're just seeing it week by week by week. Right. Connections. It's more like, I mean, you don't want to read a novel in you know too many sittings. It's right. the same kind of thing that with a series that's this interconnected and has this kind of narrative flow. Um, that is ultimately one story. It really is. Yeah. And so it's helpful to have them back to back right now it does it, and i'm kind of like that anyway i mean when i read a series 
of novels or fiction or whatever, I tend to just want to try and finish it as fast as possible because it ends up eating up so much of my time Right. that I'm just like, Hey, the sooner I can finish this, the sooner I can get back to, you know, like eating and other <laughs> things that are probably somewhat important. Um, and so, uh, with, I, and that's problematic, I guess, when you have a, a show that how many hours are we talking? Like five seasons? Yeah. However many hours per, per episode or an hour per episode or whatever. That's, that's a significant, uh, chunk of my life that I, you know, binge watched. Right. This is a shameful admissions, shameful confessions. I often find that watching two or three episodes of a TV show back to back is much more gratifying at home than watching a movie straight through mm-hmm. anyways. So yeah, it's well, a that, nice. Well, that's how they're put pace. together. Yeah, they're 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 not put together in in isolation from each no. other. You know, so when, when these when these when these producers are putting them together, they're putting them together with all this other footage. Yeah, that 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 is fresh in their mind because they've seen it a hundred times. And that's the most significant revolution of modern television. Correct, it really is because it is it has shifted very significantly from an episodic approach to a narr- a linear narrative approach. Um. You can see it with almost all the successful shows. They require that you have watched the shows that have preceded them, like with Friends or Seinfeld or, yeah. you know, Leave it to Beaver or really anything. Off, yeah. It's very episodic. You go in there you and no matter anything. what show you watch, right. no matter what episode you watch of what season, you have missed nothing. And this is also rolled back into movie franchises. They're yeah. becoming much more episodic. They're it, le- they're taking a cue from television, right? They are because you think about the Dark Knight trilogy, you know, where you have a, a cohesive world and an interconnected narrative. You know, it's a very uh, it's th- that kind of approach, or even the Marvel universe, the way that that's developing. Yes, and I think most anybody could see that in the Marvel universe, except for maybe the exception of the Hulk films. They don't seem like they're all that necessary to Avengers, but Avengers is like the spine and everything else is stemming off of it. It's been connected to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah. Thank you for answering pretty much that question because you, you kind of nicely answered why a movie web uh, podcast is talking about TV a shows. TV show. But the bottom line for movieology is that we're really just interested in great storytelling, whether it comes from a movie or a television show. And you highlighted right. the differences and also a great dose of similarities between the two right now. Oh, yeah. No, they're they're definitely converging. Yeah. I mean, they are definitely converging. And a lot of that has to do with the uh, the evolution of technology because it's becoming much more likely for people to watch things at home. Right to stream things at home, yes. to download them digitally. And so it becomes a, a situation where the movie experience that used to be a movie theater and a TV experience that used to be a television is converging into the same unit. Right, even down to the fact that most people aren't willing to watch just 30 minutes of television and then turn the TV off. Mm-hmm. If they're going to watch television, they'll usually watch it straight for about two hours. Right. Uh, in an even even now that's not the way i mean like with netflix has has had a lot of influence on that Mm -hmm. because you don't have to watch commercials you're paying for the service right and so it's and and it's also netflix is very much interconnected between the tv world and the movie world right like you could just as easily get a dvd set of uh, shows as a dvd of a movie that you want to watch or just stream it live which is becoming i think uh, or not live, but <laughs> we're streaming this while they're recording this movie. Amazing. Uh, no, but you fabulous. can stream it off That'd of be an innovation. That would be. That's the next step. Uh, but that's that. That's one of the um, in this article. The the um, one of your, one of the earlier questions is answered. It says telling the story of how Walt Walter White, the main character in Breaking Bad, 
telling the story of how Walt chose to become the villain takes every minute of all 67 episodes aired so far. So that's 67, not hours, but there's 67, basically 45 minute. Yeah. This, this story <laughs> could not be told in a, in, in a movie. People, no. people aren't going to sit there for 67 hours and in a theater and watch this. And it really, the, the, yeah. this guy's right. It needs, the modern needs TV that show much time. is the serial novel of our time. Right. That is something I wanted to talk about too, was how we got into the show because I, I totally did not get into the show guys. And, uh, the reason being back in 2007 or no, I guess it was eight when the film with the series started to come out. I watched a few episodes, and it was such a slow-paced, it is. methodical series. I watched two episodes, and I just said, okay, I, I'm not getting where this is going. It's got a long narrative, and uh, I think at the time I was watching Lost. So I just I said, well, screw you know, Breaking Bad for the time being. Let me concentrate on Lost, and then maybe I'll come back to this. Yeah, I... But for y'all, y'all basically picked it up back in 2008 and have been following. Where there was it a lot of there was a lot of front loaded stuff at that no. point. So I did so not if, pick it up in 2008, by the way. No, no. Well, I picked it up. I think when when season four was was airing on AMC. Huh. So I started. My wife and I started watching it when the, when we knew because we heard from numerous people that yeah. you, you got to watch this. You got to watch happened this. With me too. So I I decided decided to give it a chance. And by the second episode, my wife and I were hooked. I mean, we were we were not gonna not keep watching. You know, uh-huh. we it, it was. It, it does was help just, to know that the show is going on past its second season, of course. Well, and I it think also it, helps to know that a lot of people that you respect and that have typically good opinions are extremely interested in right. the show. Yeah. You know, you're like, well, okay, even if the first and second episode aren't really doing it for me, I'm going to give it a chance because these, I, I trust these people well <laughs> enough to right. you know continue watching. Yeah, it and wasn't I, like that for me. My wife, however, stopped watching it. Oh really? Yeah. After the second episode uh, of the first season, kind of like with Joe, she was like, "I don't really want to watch this." And so what I ended up happening is that I was watching it by myself, like on Netflix. Actually, okay. That's when we started uh, when I started watching it, and this was just like a year ago or something. And um, then I think after the end of the second season or whatever, Vanessa saw an episode that I was watching and decided to sit down. Vanessa's my wife. Decided to sit down and. Um, and watch it with me, and she was really interested, but she was kind of lost at that point because mm-hmm. a lot had a right. lot had happened. Yeah, so I took like thirty minutes and just did a plot summary rundown, and then <laughs> as we were watching, I realized that there were a lot of thing connections that <laughs> I hadn't filled in quite well right. enough. So I like pause it, say, <laughs> "Okay, so this guy he was once part of a cartel, but then what happened was you know this kind of so stuff." So your sixty-seven episodes got a whole lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so and I ended up uh, explaining to her, but she never went back and rewatched those episodes because once she knew some of those things, it started to fill in from mm-hmm. uh, you know mm-hmm. later on. It really is an interwoven story. It's 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 got a lot of uh, motifs. It's got a lot of chemistry, themes. huh? It's got a lot of chemistry. It does. Wah, it, wah, wah. it does have a lot of chemistry. <laughs> the, the, He's uh, a chemistry teacher. I get, get it. it. I get <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. thanks I, I can't help myself. I don't know if that was comedic relief because it was funny or because it was so sad. I'm metaphor man. <laughs> <laughs> Strikes again. Uh, yeah, but I, I I think after the first episode, the thing that turned off my wife uh, turned off my wife a little bit was the uh, it's 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 a gritty show from episode one. Like, yeah, it's it's kind of brutally realistic. Yeah. 
That was my thing, honestly. Uh, And that was, you know, I appreciated, uh, you know, taking it. I don't know. It's not that I don't like serious, engrossing stories, but it was gritty, as you say. Oh man, it's it's not just gritty. It's like excruciating. It's brutal. Okay. By the way, continuing on from this point in the show, I am not going to. Spoiler call from spoilers. Okay, so fine. Well, then I just want to let everybody know out there if you haven't watched the show, please, please go watch the show or don't watch the show. But one way or the other, don't get angry. If with, you don't with care us. about spoilers, continue to listen. Oh yeah, sure. If, yeah. If, if, if and honestly, I'm one of those guys. Yeah, there are lots of things. If you were to tell the whole plot of the show, there would not be all that much enjoyment that you would have sapped from it. Because yeah, it really my, is one of I the sh- It's like uh, there are lots of novels where right. a plot summary is not going to ruin the book because it's not the plot you're reading the book for. That is That says a lot about this show, though. Because for the most part, you know, I mean, my English teacher used to tell me that immature readers read novels for plot. More mature readers read novels for character. And this mm. is a character-driven show. Oh, very show. much so, yes. Um, and it, there is an interesting plot. And it, I you know, it, it is somewhat exciting when there's a turn or a twist or whatever. That's 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 pleasurable. But the real value of the show is in the development of the characters and, and the especially acting. the acting and the development of Walter. Right. His his development from the beginning of the show to where it is so far has been, I think, magnificent. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, seriously, it's it's well. It's, then just real quick, for the yeah. sake of anyone who hasn't watched the show or cannot remember, if I'm I'm going to refresh your memory, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Walter uh, White is a chemistry t- teacher that diagno- was diagnosed with terminal cancer, and he turns to cooking metaf- methamphetamines to provide for his family's future. And uh, his superior knowledge in chemistry results in the purest and most popular product in the region. That is the basic utmost basic synopsis of the entire series on IMDb. So it stars Brian Cranston and a gun, uh, Aaron Paul, Dean Norris, and Betsy Brandt. And these characters are in pretty much all the episodes. Mm-hmm. So apart from what IMDb has to tell us, I don't know much except, like I said, just watching the first two episodes. And those were years ago. There, so there's a lot. I'm going to let Eric and Michael for the majority of the time talk about what they know about the show. Um, I'm one of these guys like Michael was bringing up that doesn't actually care so much about spoilers because for me, hearing a wonderful discussion promoting a great story is motivation for me to take the time to watch that story unfold. And uh, it more uh, spoilers or no spoilers, I'm more inclined to actually take the time to watch the series uh, because it mattered so much to both Eric and Michael. They were big fans. So, uh, Eric, you wanted to say something? You wanted to continue the discussion? Yeah, I just I just wanted to bring out a couple things that, that, that the show creator, Vince Gilligan, said. Um, and from the, the initial, initial pitch for the show for Breaking Bad, mm. he said, we're going to take Mr. Chips and turn him into Scarface. And... They pretty much carry through on that. Now, Mr. Chips that. being like Mr. Chips goes to whatever. That was like an old movie or something, right? Right, right. It's it's your it's your typical every every day you know Ward Cleaver kind of guy. Um, your 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 next door neighbor. Your good guy. Um, your the guy you want to live next to. Okay, uh, Scarface. You don't want to have <laughs> next door to you. Um, but Walter White goes from high school chemistry teacher, great great all around neighborhood guy to 
the local kingpin meth dealer. And what's funny is that for all five seasons, we have actually have not seen them break bad. <laughs> like you were saying, for the majority of this show, it's actually getting worse and worse for the chemistry teacher situation. Uh, well, what, what you never see them do is break good. Um, they, oh. but they, they consistently like a breaking ball. You know, that, that's the direction oh, you go. That, okay, yeah. that's what the, that's, that's what it means. By that's breaking. what it means. They're, okay. <laughs> they, they are They're going they, worse and worse. Right, and worse. right, and and this is. I mean, that that trajectory. And eventually, the wheels are coming off. Right, that's, that's pretty that, much what it seems like. And that's <laughs> um, and that's that's another thing that we would we would like to do on this episode is kind of speculate maybe where where, where the last going. eight eight episodes are going to go. Yeah. Um, but I also found it interesting that that Vince Gilligan also thought in the beginning. He was concerned. He said that, that he hoped people would keep watching as Walt got darker and darker. Uh, but even though they, they clearly wouldn't like him as much, but much to his surprise, Gilligan says, people are still rooting for this guy. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Seriously? I'm not. At this point, there's no way. I mean, and it is true. One of the most powerful things about this show is that, especially at the beginning, Walt White is a very sympathetic character. Right. Like, you really feel bad for the dude. Like, Okay, fine. You know, he's going through cancer and that, you know, you you feel for him for that. He's got a difficult situation, I would say, at home. Um, his son is disabled. You feel for him for that to some extent because he's obviously a loving father. He obviously really cares about his family. You know, all this kind of stuff. You really you, – there, there's this, this sympathy that's built up. And he really is just kind of your average dude. He's smart. You know, but he's just a high school teacher mm-hmm. trying his best, probably a decent high school teacher. He seemed kind of like the high school teacher that you would want to have as a chemistry teacher. Right, but he was, and we find out later, he's kind of stuck there. Yeah, totally. That he, had, he had the opportunity to be great. Yeah. But he, he missed it. Right. He sold out for very little mm-hmm. and then watched the company, the chemistry, you know, the chemical company that he sold become right. huge. Right. And he had sold out for like five thousand dollars, and that and that plays into his wanting to continue his drive. When um, there's a there's a very, and I think it's just in a in in one of the the first the the epi- the the episodes of the half season, whatever that is, four and a half or or the first half of five, um, where where Jesse is. Do we need to explain who Jesse is? I guess. Well, I, I I don't know. I mean, Jesse, Jesse is is uh he starts as sort of a petty drug. A right. meth he, he was cook. one of his students. Yeah, that that used to be one of Walt White's chemistry students and was a terrible student. And um, when uh, Walt goes on a drug bust run with his brother with his brother in law who is a DEA agent, right. which is another very yeah. interesting thread in this. Um, Walt being just this regular old Joe Blow guy. Riding in the passenger seat of this DEA uh, drug bus, he sees Jesse Pinkman climb out of a, a window and, and run off. And he recognizes Jesse as being his um, former student. Right. And later, when he finds out from Hank, the DEA agent, his brother-in-law, um, about how much money mm-hmm. is involved in meth. And he's got cancer and he starts thinking, how am I going to provide for my family? How am I going to leave money for them? And so he contacts Jesse. These people are going to do meth anyway. Yeah, exactly. What what does it really? Right. What difference does it really make? At least being a chemistry guy, you know, an expert right. chemist, I can give them a product that's not going to kill them. Right. You know, and this and this is stuff. where uh, throughout the whole show, you can as as much as you don't like Walt and the decisions he makes, you can understand 
every decision he makes. Every, even to the very end. Right. Like, even to the very end, you, you recognize, okay, if I had gotten myself to this point, right. I would probably have made a very similar situation. Right. Because if I made a, the right decision at this point, I know that I'm going to have to pay the piper. Right. And, and so, that, like, and, and that's where I was, I was, I was going with this, where Jesse, where, where they've, they've, they've made all their money. They've, they've, they've kind of gotten where they, they want. They can't even launder it anymore. Right. And Jesse says, are we in the money business or are we in the meth business? And that, that kind of causes Walt to, to question that for a minute. How much is enough? Right. When, when Skyler takes him to that, to that storage unit and shows him that stack, that pallet of money. Totally. To the point where it's uncountable. It, it, how much is Unlonderable. enough? That it's not, it's not about, um, it's not about the money anymore. It's about building empire. Mm-hmm. It's about, it's, it, it's about being what he thought his, his friend who, who stayed with the chemistry company that, that, that made all that money. It, it's about getting that back. Mm-hmm. It's about getting back what he, what he thought was, was owed to him. And particularly about getting recognition. And that is also another thread that runs throughout because see the whole, did you ever see the movie, the prestige? Yeah. Okay. Well, you remember one of the major issues with Hugh Jackman's uh, ploy in that movie was that he was never the one right. getting the applause. He was always the one under the stage yeah. and he just couldn't take that. Mm-hmm. He couldn't handle that. And even though he always killed that other clone of himself, you know, or whatever, and strangled them and, and you know, let him die or whatever, he he hated the fact that every time when he came out, he was under the stage and the applause was going to the other guy, to the other guy, right? The guy that wasn't him, yeah, or yeah, was Christian he. Bale, yeah. Well, not even Christian Bale, his clone. Oh, right, that guy. right on stage, right? And and in, in the case of Christian Bale, they were they were twins. And so they shared the applause, and there was a recognition that they could get. The whole issue with crime, and you see this in Crime and Punishment, Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment, the whole problem with the act that he's committed is that he wants to be recognized for the genius of the crime. Mm -hmm. Well, a criminal, the whole point is to not be recognized. As soon as you're recognized as the mastermind criminal, people might say, wow, what a brilliant dude, but you're caught. Right. So, like, in, in, in Walt's case, throughout the show, you find him giving in to this urge to gain notoriety, to gain recognition, to gain the status. to Even, even to the point of bugging his brother-in-law's office. Exactly. The, the DEA's, what, he sends him for a cup of coffee, goes right. in and, and cries these crocodile tears over something going on with his family. Mm-hmm. Walt, or not Walt, uh, Hank goes to get him a cup of coffee and he, I mean, that was his intention the whole time was to, was to get information to bug his office. And he's sitting in a DEA, uh, building. Yeah. But, but what the, whatever he is like the chief, Mm -hmm. the chief guy of, of the Albuquerque area or the, or the Southwest or, or whatever that is. And he's, he's, he's bugging a picture of him and his wife, (laughs) you know? I mean, it's just the, 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 his goal, the, yeah, the goal, but but the symbology there also too, because those are that's his family as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's his brother in law, that's his sister in law, and he's and he's he's putting business above family, right? And and he he does that again and again and again. And I think that the people who are rooting for Walt are rooting for him because of the fact that he is clever. Like that, what they're rooting for is that 
Well, in, a, in many ways, what they're rooting for is that the chemistry teacher, Walt, is still alive in there somewhere. And that Walt will be able to gain what it is that he always wanted, yada, yada, yada. And then in the end, the chemistry professor or the chemistry teacher, you know, everyday man will be the one who conquers and everything will come out golden. I don't think that's going to happen. There's there's a a very interesting – there's actually two been two interesting articles written in Christianity Today – one is, I think, on the website only, and the other one is in the whatever issue this is, the July-August issue. Um, and I recommend to anybody who's interested to read both of them. This one's called Why We Need Breaking Bad, and this author brings up the the show's kind of fascination with choice. Mm-hmm. And the author says, uh, I, I, just, I just feel like I never had a choice in any of this, Walt argues on uh, early on in season one after he's declined cancer treatment. I want to say for once. When you first watch the scene, not knowing the kind of person Walt is going to choose to be, it's a poignant moment. Walt wants to spend his last moment or last months with his wife on his own terms rather than as a powerless and weak and hollowed out shell of who he used to be. But as he's now he makes the choices. He 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 no longer feels like he doesn't have any choice in this. He is the choice. He's every every time a choice comes up when you think, okay, this is the time when he's going to choose to go back. Mm-hmm. He's got, yeah. How much is enough, Walt? Here, you, you got a storage unit full of money. Are, are you in the meth business or the money business? What What are you all about? Go back. Go back to to what What was your whole intention in all this? To get all this money so your family would be taken care of. His cancer is gone. Yeah. His cancer is in remission, so that's not even an issue anymore. So now. These choices that he has to make are all about him. They're no longer about the family. They are about him. Okay, so this simple. is something I don't understand. Um, you, what you're saying is uh, how he started off with a diagnosis having cancer, and now he doesn't have it. Well, so, it's, it's in remission. It's not Okay, so how, how does this flow throughout the seasons? Is this like, um, what is the time at which uh, we're in in the fifth season? Um because typically, I mean, how is this show unfolding? Is this in real time, or is this taking the play, taking place over the course of many years? It's it seems to be about the course of about a year, a year and a half. It's okay, not, it's, it's not much because because remember, um, Walt Junior, his son, is about fifteen when the show starts. Okay, and now eighteen. And now, now he's driving, so 18. he's yeah. So it's it, it it's not a real long time. A okay. few years maybe. Okay, so the seasons are not tracking at the rate of the years that are going by. Uh, not not chronolo- not chronologically in that sense that, right. that one season okay. equals a year, but there is there is some time lapse there. But but it it really it it's it's really kind of a short period of time huh. that that he goes from chemistry teacher to to essentially drug kingpin in the Albuquerque area, which is another interesting setting. Huh? You know this the fact that it's set in Albuquerque, it's a dismal place, right? You know, every I mean they when the, they they cook their meth out in the middle of the desert. There's nobody around. It's brown. It's desolate. So that that setting I think was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Setting it in in that in that area. Mexico's right nearby. You know, there it, it's a strategic place, but it's also a very depressed place. Mm-hmm. And there's not a whole lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Walt is 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 a chemistry teacher. That's all he can really do. It's not it's not like Dupont's down the street. Where where he can get a he, he's this is pretty much all all he has so uh, again you start to sympathize with what he's doing right but then pride continues to come back and of bite him because right. he was he's offered a job with the firm that he left 
you know, oh, with the right, company right. that he started. Right. Yeah. In fact, okay. they, they offered to pay for his cancer treatment and, right. and, he, and he, he declined. And he didn't even tell his wife that he declined. He paid for it. Mm-hmm. And again, there's that tension there with him where it's like he wanted, he wanted to, to let his wife know, I'm the one who earned this. Right. I made this money, but he couldn't. Yeah. He couldn't tell her that because then he would have to explain where, where the money came from. <laughs> right. Um, and that's another, you know, that's the thing that just goes throughout the show. Is there an explanation for where he makes a living throughout the series? Yes. Okay. In fact, Skyler, his wife, mm-hmm. is the one who comes up with it. He, she comes up with this theory that he has a gambling addiction problem. That, that's how he explains it to his to his family to his brother in law primarily. Right. But she knows that that's not the case. Yeah, she's, she's she's laundering money for him. Right, she's laundering money for them through a car wash business. Nice which again is in itself. There's all sorts of symbols and themes and motifs throughout. In fact, there's one episode later on that's entirely and completely centered. On trying to kill a fly, a single housefly. Well, then make an example of this. Uh, break it down for us, because like you're saying, there's all these uh, beautiful little illustrations, or um, and and I get the big picture. So bring it down to like that moment in the series. Would you say that's like one of the classic moments of the series? It is a classic moment, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Th- th- it's a very tightly written show, though. Yeah. I-, I think part of what makes it such a success is that. The writers in the show knew where they were going before they filmed the show. Yeah. Like they know, they knew that this was going to be the last season. They had a plan for the story arc and for the narrative development. It does start kind of slow, you know, but it, it, it starts a little bit slow because it knows where it's going. You know, it's like the long how distance much time runner it has to get there. Right. So it, it, it runs it it runs it at the pace it needs to in order to finish where it needs to finish. Hmm. Um, but there's no wasted time. No, there, it's it's not like Michael said. There isn't an, an episode where where Walt and Jesse are in the basement of 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 a laundry, which is where they were they were they were cooking meth um, during season three, three and four, two and three and four. Or I, I don't know where they were all at, but um, there and 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 a fly, a little. Buzzing housefly gets into the into the lab, and you know Walt for one one reason he wants to get rid of the fly is because it's a contamination. It can it can get into the it can get into the uh, into the meth and it can contaminate the whole batch. So that's a valid concern, but it becomes a literal obsession, just like everything with Walt becomes an obsession. It's it's no longer just about killing this fly. It's it's about proving a point. Yeah, right. Huh. And so that th- there's there's little things like that that reinforce the whole the whole arc of the show w- within an episode. Really, the show the show itself or the or that that episode itself doesn't move the plot along. It's mm. if if you're if you're tuning in each week to like oh or, or, or each episode or however you watch it to to be dazzled by the new development in the plot, you you might be kind of let down. But if you're going to tune in to find out more about each character, you are not going to be let down because the character development is, is, is absolutely spot on. And you believe that these people actually exist somewhere in Albuquerque. That's something I remember hearing somewhere. I don't remember the source, but um, years ago I heard that filmmakers strive to deliver clever plot in films and very clever character development in television I think it may have been from the screenwriter Robert McKee's books um, or lectures about it. 
And this idea has been widespread so that television afforded the audience a great opportunity to get really in-depth with characters. And then movies gave you an opportunity to enjoy a very, uh, well, frankly, sensational, outlandish, or very clever plot that could be executed from start to finish in two hours or less. Typically, we think about movies as being lengthy things, and we don't think of television as being a lengthy thing. That's changed. Yeah, that has changed. And uh, your example— In fact, the example, movie length has, has, has significantly reduced. If you notice how often movies nowadays—used to be two hours was a very typical length. And now, oh, right. yes. with most movies you see... Unless it's a Martin Scorsese film. Well, yeah, but I mean, you had... He's old. Always had your it art tediously house. long. You always yeah. had your art house films. That was always the case. But I'm even talking about the blockbusters, your typical uh, pop, you know, popular movies that were going to be, you know, mm. promoted to the general audience, to an average audience. And it could be that the general yeah. audience is just saying that they want something shorter, uh, because of their attention spans decreasing. But yeah, I think that that's obviously, uh, when it comes to video it's gotta media... Bo- it's got to go both ways, though. I mean, Yeah, it's, exactly. Uh, but I think it's influenced by television again. And w- this brings us back full circle to something else I wanted to address. Uh, this show, uh, Breaking Bad, is on the AMC network, which has become a rather innovative in the last five or so years with good television. I'm not saying that um, I enjoy all of their shows. My wife really enjoys the uh, the zombie show. What is that called? The Walking Dead? Walking Dead. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not digging in. It's not my thing. Um, I, I casually watch at Mad Men with her, and I'll probably go back and watch Breaking Bad now. But um, any observation? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Sort of. Yes, yes. Definitely. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. okay. Oh, okay. Um, and and so what I'm thinking is, uh, you know, with uh, an episodic thing, something that this uh, relates to moviology again is just an overarching um, story that is produced by all these episodes. And what I love that y'all are describing is that particular quality. I don't think the majority of the audience typically is aware of this, but y'all are keenly aware of the fact that from episode one up to episode 60, whatever they're up to now, it's really just one story that's unfolding at an incredibly lengthy pace. Yeah. And and AMC, just like, like, like Michael brought up Crime and Punishment earlier, there's a reason why certain novels persist. There's a reason why certain stories are good stories, to every generation that 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 comes down the pike because mm. good stories good stories are always good stories um in this in this why we need breaking bad article the the author says this but if breaking bad is a good show and i among others allege that it's one of the best then it can't be harmless or safe or congratulatory it is none of those things because the show's just not telling a story about a good man who became bad but a story about the way the world works it is teaching us about what it means to choose things, to become who we are, to be a human being. Right. And that that's ultimately what every good what what the great books, you know, all these things the it's it's not that they're the the most well written stories, although again, Breaking Bad is well written, well acted. I mean it, it's you know, well everything, mm-hmm. um, well executed. But it's because it's got such great source material and they're not afraid to deal with the 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 
the fragility of 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 human beings and the fact that nine times out of ten sinful people are going to choose to do sinful things right well and that's the thing that's what's really curious about it it's also the case that people do not want to view themselves as bad right and that's so, why I think they they ultimately want redemption for Walter White. Well, yeah, and they and and also it may be one of the reasons why they root for Walter White because they are Walter White. Yeah, because yeah. because at every step of the journey from chemistry chemistry teacher to drug cartel leader, they have been they have followed it so closely right. and identified with him so closely that they couldn't possibly condemn him now because condemning him now would be condemning themselves little sins add up to big sins right yeah well that's the whole idea of breaking bad that's what it is it's it's the fact that at no point do you think wow this is an extraordinarily drastic measure right and yet by the time you look at the end result you're going how in the world did we get here (laughs) right yeah taking mr chips to scarface but but doing it in such a way that it feels actually like this could happen right that that pitch had to be laughed out of there for oh i know how do you do that really how How do you do do that that? believably well here's how that's easy Taking Scarface to Mr. Chips, try that one. Yeah. <laughs> that's the hard one. Right. The, yeah. the, that's the difficult job. And 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 honestly, I will be very satisfied with this show if if they take it to its logical conclusion. I was just talking about um let's, let's, let's oh, do yeah. this. Yeah, this where, is gonna be where, fun. Where do we speculate or where, where do you think it's gonna go? Well, White has to die. Why? It's he, interesting his the last name is White, another symbol there. Well, yeah, and he's also very much connected to Walt Whitman, which is yeah throughout the show. Which, which is, and that's how that's how season five half yeah ended with 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 eight. Hank opening up a book, and cause they, and then that's a flashback to an, an, an earlier episode. Is it's a Walt? It's leaves of grass. Yeah, and there's a dedication in the front to WW mm-hmm. and to my other yeah. yeah. So there. <sighs> They were they were together talking about that before and nice. and, and and Walt um, Hank Hank opened the book he's like who is WW and then and, and Walt just kind of throws out oh it's Walter White you know and kind of like this <laughs> this uh, can't be kind of way and then Hank laughs it off but now you've you've had so much transpire you had all these kind of weird events money money appearing out of nowhere all these things Skyler and mm-hmm. and and Walter marriage is falling apart right there's all sorts of bad things going on that Hank opens that and he sees it in a new light mm-hmm. WW and then yeah. that's 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 well, the, it's the fact that's that where he finds right the book in that bathroom anyway cuz originally where where it was buried the money was buried underneath well he finds it in the bathroom with with the with uh when he goes in there <laughs> at Walter's house he finds the book that was given to Walter by Galen. Originally, when he had asked about the WW, it was in the notebook that they had found at Galen's apartment after Galen had been shot. And so he said, mm. who's this WW character? And he's talking to Walt White, and, and he says, you know, Walt White? Yeah. And it's kind of this ha-ha-ha-ha-couldn't-be kind of moment. <laughs> um, and then Walt tells him, well, it could be Walt Whitman, because mm-hmm. if you notice from these lines, they're connected to this poet, right. you know, this poem. But then later on, when he finds that the leaves of grass to WW, my other whatever, what was it? I can't remember. It, yeah, it was some like some like uh, particular phrase that he called Walt Whitman. 
like other inspiration or something. And then he says from GB from Galen, you know, and so, uh, uh, Hank's sitting there on the toilet looking at this leaves of grass book and you see this look of realization on his face. And that's how five a ends with Hank basically realizing this entire time, the head of the DEA office in Albuquerque has had the drug cartel leader as his brother-in-law. Or we're led to believe that, 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 that he's having some realization. I think that there, that's pretty clear that that's the realization that's there. Okay, so the, the so real how does, question how does now is how then? does Hank deal with that? Okay, yeah. You know, how does, how does Hank deal with that? And the, I think it's pretty clear from how Hank's character has developed in the past that there is a, a good bit of disillusionment there with the DEA. Mm-hmm. Even though he loves his job, he doesn't love his job because of the DEA. He loves his job for a couple of the people that he's developed relationships with there, and he loves his job because the of the of vague idea that justice Correct. could be served. Correct. And he has pursued justice even when the DEA has resisted it on when, it. In fact, when they told him to stop. Exactly. They told him, absolutely, cut this out. Right. Gus, there's no possible way that Gus is a drug cartel leader. Hank called it. He was right. Turns out, you know, but it doesn't uh, – that, that didn't really – didn't really pan out for him anyway. Right. In the end, the only satisfaction that he had is that perhaps he had served justice. But as far as his connection to the DEA or his loyalty to the DEA, I don't think he has a great deal of trust in them to do the right thing. Also, oh. there's a further connection of, well, if he goes and tells them, by the way, my brother-in-law is the head of the biggest <laughs> drug methamphetamine dealer in, in you know the Southwest. Right. Well, they might and believe him, but this? they're going to say, what in the world's wrong with you? Right. You know, your brother has been right under your nose this right. entire time and you haven't noticed. Right. You know, so that puts his job in jeopardy to some extent. Not that he necessarily cares about that, but he probably does enough for his own pride and the sake of his status to try and deal with it himself. And so I expect that probably what will end up happening is that he will subtly allow Walt to figure out, I, I know the truth. I know what's going on. And it may be, and I don't know, but it, it, it may be that Hank has, a, has an option as far as, are you going to show loyalty to your family or are you going to show loyalty to justice? And, and maybe he says, hey, you know, I need to show loyalty to my family, but obviously showing loyalty to his family at that point will be also not without its short-term rewards. You're raising an interesting point that most all of these main characters have character arcs. It's not just the main character of White. Oh, no, no. They all, and, and not only do they all have character arcs, but their character arcs are, are interwoven extremely carefully. Very nice. Um, yeah. So White's yeah arc is obviously very closely, most perhaps most closely related to Hank's. Well, no, that's the thing. It's like, oh? uh, they're all connected to Walt to one extent or another. But I think all of them also have a very specific individual identity. I mean, Skylar, Walt's wife, yeah. has a very specific character arc that develops throughout. She plays a very important role. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse Pinkman, obviously, has right. an extremely interesting and, and, and distinct character arc. All of them are interrelated. Um, but there are some... I mean, even Gus. Even Gus has a character arc of his own. And even though he's not, he's not there for the entirety of all the seasons... It's extremely interesting. Yes. Like yeah, all go, of the yeah. characters are, are engrossing and, and 
Um, and you also feel like they all have a purpose. And that's the other part of it. I mean, if the, if the show is developed to such – the show obviously has the point of, okay, there's a human agency here. Walt made choices and he made decisions and he actually – he wasn't just a pawn of fate. He really did choose this mm-hmm. and he has been the one – to make these decisions to do what is wrong. The wages of sin is death. And because he's made those decisions, exactly, he deserves to be punished. If he were just a pawn of circumstance, then justice makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And what you're describing comes back full circle to what the creator of the exactly. show was saying. Well, the expressed. creator of the show. And the creator of the show said this, too, in an interview with the New York Times. I found this on Wikipedia. I thought it was really um, interesting and appropriate. But he said... That the larger lesson of the series is that actions have consequences. He elaborated on the show's philosophy. This is his quote. If religion is a reaction of man and nothing more, it seems to me that it represents a human desire for wrongdoers to be punished. I hate the idea of Idi Amin living in Saudi Arabia for the last 25 years of his life. That galls me to no end. I feel some sort of need for biblical atonement or justice or something. I like to believe there is some comeuppance that karma kicks in at some point, even if it takes years or decades to happen. My girlfriend says this great thing has become my philosophy as well. I want to believe there's a heaven, but I can't not believe there's a hell. <laughs> I just think that's a fantastic quote, and it really does put into perspective a lot of the a lot of the reason why I think that the show's inevitable conclusion is that Walt actually get what's coming to him I because know, of the decisions he's made. I want to know what you think, too, about the ending as well, Eric. But now you raise an interesting question from the perspective not n- knowing much about the show from watching it. Does much of the show convey that it has anything to do with religion from episode to episode? No, is there an, no. a, it, Yeah. The, Definitely the, moral choices, ethical decisions, and the interaction of personal choice with the influence and apparatus of government in a manner of speaking I mean, that's definitely there. It, ha- it's, it relates to the tv show house in that way but perhaps a little bit better so um to the moral implications of what the characters are doing as the series unfolds based on how you're describing it um sort of like the the methods of um house storytelling on steroids kind of is what you're describing so well, in the in the los angeles review of books the authors said this in the world of breaking bad reality cannot be constructed by man rather metaphysical truth exists good and evil moral and immoral action and consequence this is the stuff of the old testament that <laughs> oh, that wow. that quotation i'm, I'm going to put together a, a a couple of things here please do every it, movie needs a montage yeah and that's exactly what this is this is a montage of of, of stuff in, in another in another article about this, uh, there's going to be a Breaking Bad documentary that follows that follow when the show is finished. They're going to make a documentary about the show itself. Um, and the three uh, Vince Vince Gilligan, Brian Cranston, and what's who plays Jesse Aaron Aaron Paul. Jesse is played by Aaron Paul. Yeah, right. Okay. Th- those those three were were at a at an interview about this. This documentary, um, and the article says at least one character in the show, attorney Saul Goodman, 
Interestingly, Saul Goodman may live on. Gilligan said he is working hard toward a sequel featuring Goodman, who's played by Bob Odenkirk. Okay, so at least in in the world of Breaking Bad, Saul is going to live on in in some way or another. We think, um, and then at this same, I think it's at the same at this same panel discussion, Brian Cranston, who plays Walter White, had had this to say. But this is this is what the article says. When asked whether he believes his character deserves to die, Cranston, who had been cracking jokes throughout the panel, grew somber. I think there's a good case for that. That's maybe a fitful end, he said. Then the Emmy winner dropped this bomb. And yet, what if the thing he wanted the most, which was the the togetherness of his family, what if he lived and they didn't? At this, a hush fell over the crowd. Just like I imagine there's a hush falling over the radio listening audience right now. (laughs) At, At this, a hush fell over the crowd. Wouldn't that be a worse health... To be in, Cranston continued. Or maybe he should die, cracked Cranston, instantly relieving the tension. I vacillate on this. I don't. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think I think everybody's going to die except Walt. I think he's going to be the only one, and, and maybe Saul. Um, because I think, and, and I, 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 I credit Mike Bull with this. Mike Bull's a blogger from Australia. Um, and he, he drew a couple parallels between King Saul in the Bible and, and Walter White. And remember, you know, King Saul's grandson was, was Mephibosheth who was crippled in the feet. Just like, just like Walt's Walt's son. He was the only one to live. Mephibosheth was the only one to live. And when David was looking for somebody to bless from the, from the family of Saul, he found Mephibosheth. So, so so maybe, uh, maybe Walt Jr. lives. I don't know. But I think, I think the hell that, 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 and, and, and to me it it would be brilliant. Letting letting Walt die is is too easy, but but let forcing him to live with the the actions of his of his the, re, the, the consequences re, of the his consequences actions. of his actions, and the whole the show starts off with him wanting to die happy in the it, knowing that his family's taken care of. To the ap, the actual the the absolute opposite of that at the other end, he's the only one alive, tons of money, everything he could possibly want, and nobody to share it with. That that to me is is powerful, really, really powerful, and that is the overarching. That would make a great example of an overarching, powerful metaphor turned on a, the there's, arc. There's and, no redemption. Yeah. There's no redemption there at all. But it, but in a sense, there is. There there's there's the Job realization that that it's that, still consistent with a biblical worldview from that point of view. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I I I think that's I think that's the way that that it would be. It would make a really powerful ending. And just so everybody know. knows, uh, we don't normally do this, but we let Michael eat for the last 15 minutes, so that's why he's been rather quiet. We normally have drinks and We normally stuff. don't feed him. Yeah, I, we, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, sorry. Michael's making a noise. Anyway, um, so uh, Michael is back. I have not heard of out. That's right. <laughs> Boy, do I love a podcast where all of us can be sitting in the same show or in the same room. (laughs) Love in quotation. (laughs) Well, I'm so used to air quotes. I like to call them. Well, I'm used to what podcasts are normally like, where a bunch of different, you know, clever hosts are uh, actually at Skype together. And they talk from different states. They're at Skype, yeah. yeah it's, a, it, it's this. It's this. It's, it's this place in the inner web. Yeah. Yes, it's a metaphor. <laughs> metaphor man. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, um, I'm used to that, and it's not very often I get to listen to a podcast where all the guys are sitting in the same room. Anyway, except for when you're doing movieology, and exactly, we've pretty much done it that way every time, right? And that's what makes you, you, yeah, movieology so special is we're all sitting in the same room, drinking drinks and having some food, maybe and, apple uh, juice, apple juice and um, water, yeah, or stuff that definitely looks like apple juice. Yeah, and this looks like apple juice. Yeah, um, it's a very fancy bottle for apple juice, I must say. I do like this particular apple juice from Weller. <laughs> Not Welsh's grape juice uh, or Welsh's apple juice, but Weller's apple juice. Anyway, um, we find ourselves over at the office today out of convenience. And in past episodes, we've tried to change up the location every episode. And this is the first time we've recorded from the office. And uh, it's so anyway, out all right. Uh, we, we, yeah, it turned out. So I'm right. back. The first time we've recorded steps from our from our individual offices. You know, why don't we do this earlier? Yeah, <laughs> it's mighty anywhere. convenient, isn't it? Very nice. I had to drive all the way here, though. Well, yeah, that is don't talk about Joe and I, the ones who are here on oh, time. the ones who are here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Spread my shame abroad. No, 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 no. As far as the listening audience is concerned, we all arrived at the same point in time. They were the late ones. Who? The, the audience. The, the people listening to us talk in the interweb. So now you're insulting our listeners. All no, two no Joe them. is. I'm just agreeing oh, with him. Okay. No, that's what I meant. You. They don't know that I'm looking at you, Eric. In scorn. Well, we can insult them. They're not in the room. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but they're our listeners. Like they're the reason we do the show. Okay, and and we're losing them. <laughs> we're losing right them now. badly right now. So okay. let's 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 Return. bring it back. You said you said you don't think so. You don't I think, think he's it. probably going to die. And the, the major reason I think that is because I think. Um, well, I mean, let's let's look at all the revenge plays. Okay, fine. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe it is pretty and, cool. and and maybe I'm, I mean I've I've been burned by Alias. Okay. I've been burned by Loss. Okay, no, look, I've been do. I don't know how many him dying many, many episodic um or, him or, dying or long form TV shows that that I've been burned by. I want something that 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 has some. You know, what would be the worst thing. The worst thing would not even be losing his family at this point, because as far as I can tell, he doesn't care about his family. What does he care about more than anything else? But I think I think no, I think we're seeing that in the beginning of he, he is he is almost kind of starting which is which is an interesting time for for Hank to have this this revelation because it seems like maybe he's willing to get out like now. Walt is wanting you know, you know they're by the pool they're they're having their little family time it almost seems like now yeah, yeah I mean But it, Heisenberg it, is there to stay. It is Walt That's after all. Right. All right. I no, understand. it's not even just Walt. Like Walt is the chemistry professor. Heisenberg, on the other yeah. hand, is a cold blooded killer and he's there still. He was not there at the beginning. It's really interesting. At the very beginning of the show, the first time yeah, Heisenberg he shows there. Well, I know, but I'm saying the first time he shows up on Walt's face, it's kind of like, whoa. Like, what was that? Yeah, because like you know, you watch Malcolm in the Middle or whatever. You yeah. see, you know, happy-go-lucky yeah. doofus man, uh, Brian Cranston. It's Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Ridiculously good actor. Oh yeah, he. he and is. there's a yeah. there's a crossfade between Doctor Jekyll yeah. and Mister Hyde, where at the beginning it's mostly Walt and almost no Heisenberg, mm-hmm. but by the end of the show, like by by now, it's like almost all Heisenberg, and you don't hardly see any of the Walt that you sympathize with at the beginning. And um, I don't know. I mean, even in the family scene next to the table, you definitely see the Heisenberg glare, the Heisenberg smirk, the Heisenberg coldness. It's definitely still there. And the pride that he has for his own status 
the development of his empire, and the expansion of his influence and notoriety, that's what's taken over. The, 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 need, the need to provide for his family has largely waned with Walt's you know, slow demise, slow yeah, well, fade. Yeah, it, well, it, it is, and that's what, the, what this article says. You know, how else can we, can we take a man... Um, how else could we take a man utter lines such as "I'm not in the drug business; I'm in the empire business." Right. That that was something that Walt, and that, and that was in in um, in response to Jesse's question. Right. You know, are, are we in the drug business? Are we in the money business? And, yeah. and he says, "We're in neither. I'm in the, empire, the empire business. Yeah. I'm I'm all about creating the Walt White Heisenberg Empire." But he doesn't just want an underground empire; he wants notoriety. And that's one of the major reasons I think that probably Hank is not going to go to the DEA with this. Because if he goes to the DEA with it, then all of a sudden, even if he's caught, Walt's probably not going to die. He's going to go to prison. And he's going to get all of the glory that he's always longed for. Yeah, fine. He'll have to go to prison. But the thing is, he'll be respected. He'll be viewed as a great man. And in many ways, I think that's what Walt wants more than anything else. And I mean, in the scriptures, you have this. It talks about Babylon, the great kingdom. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean great necessarily in terms of good. Yeah. But it was great because of the evil it accomplished. Men of renown. Yeah. Great men doing great deeds, you know. And uh, so in the case of Walt... It has shifted, I think, his desires have shifted with the kind of slow death of Walt, the chemistry teacher, and the slow replacement of that with Heisenberg, the drug cartel leader. Um, You have this... uh, Empires are visible. Right. Exactly. Empires are visible, Mm -hmm. and he would have real power, and he would have real notoriety. And even even if he's turned into the DEA and he ends up going to prison, he becomes a national celebrity. Yeah. Now... The guy who killed Gus Fring. The guy who killed Gus Fring. The guy who you know has been pumping the purest meth, and that's yeah. another element of pride for him. You know, he loves hearing about these DEA yeah. agents finding his meth and testing it on their lab equipment and being like, "This stuff is ninety-eight point whatever percent pure." Yeah. How in the world did they got? How did they accomplish this? You know, like you always know that blue that the you know the blue ice is mm-hmm. uh, is the good stuff. Even people have been, you know, dyeing their meth blue in yeah. order to try and pretend like it's as pure as as Walt's meth, you know. And he takes great pride in that right. as a chemist. And that's part of the issue with the fly, too. The issue that, you know, I'm not going to allow even the smallest tiny little speck of contamination because that would be a ding against my pride and I must crush it in principle. But the lab was his empire, too. Exactly. So allowing a fly into his into his lab at all. Regardless exactly. of what it can do to the batch, right? Just was was an intruder. Was it what, so and, that, that, and on principle needed to be killed, right? No matter what it took, no matter how much how late they had to stay up, mm-hmm. no matter how hard they had to work later to make up for the work that they lost while they were trying to kill the fly. Okay, so then at the end of the episode, what happens? He looks up, he looks at the smoke alarm, and he sees the light of it blinking and a little fly in it. Meaning, yeah, you killed the fly in your lab. But the fact is that this little, these little things, the little details, the little nitpicky things are, are beyond your control. Mm-hmm. So, and, and again, he's a control freak. He is a total control freak. He, and, and there's a sense in which, remember he has that conversation where he talks about 
biology and chemistry and how human beings are just uh, are just atoms. Mm-hmm. They're just all floating together, and there's collisions, and it's all totally and completely material. And there's no and and you know and there's this question of well, okay, is there a moral agency? Is there a soul? Is there a will involved here? The show is saying yes. Mm-hmm. The show is saying yes, and it's in a lot of ways it's saying yes by making you hate Walt. Yeah, right. Like, why would you hate Walt if he's just a victim of circumstance, just an a, a a consequence of the you know random colliding's of atoms and molecules? Like, what difference does that make? How can you make a moral judgment concerning concerning the collision? You know, scientific con- collisions of matter. Like, what difference does that really make? And yet. You can feel it as a viewer. Mm-hmm. You understand, I hate Walt. Yeah. He is a bad man. I want to see him get what's coming to him. Right. Well, I mean, if you're an, I don't know if I want to say normal viewer, I, or if you haven't <laughs> invested so much into, you know, into, into identifying with him. I don't know. So I, I think that that means that he probably has to die. I mean, you look at the, the, the revenge plays. What, what what I would want to see happen though is that he doesn't take it over the top. If Vince if Vince Gilligan does the same kind of revenge plays that they used to do, you know, I'm talking about like the the Shakespeare era. Yeah. Okay, like the death scenes in those were out of control. You know, like poison laced, face melting helmets. That if if, you know, if he's gonna die, I want I want Skyler to kill him in his sleep, or just something. Yeah, not not dying in a in a helicopter crash or or, or some or some fantastic thing, mm-hmm. I, or or definitely not a natural. Or being shot up by three thousand DEA agents and blood spewing everywhere. Yeah, see that 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 to me is just is it, it not it's satisfying. Al- it's yeah, and it's almost like where where it's it seems like the majority of viewers are expecting this to go. So I think subverting that would be yes. would be would be wise. Um, Most definitely. but but if if this is where. Where what he, he was, really needs he was is hell, right? Anyway. Yeah, but 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 what? But the question, and and and, that, and that's what he says, and that's, yeah, that's what Vince Gilligan, Gilligan says. But Gilligan what does hell mean? Does hell mean death, or does hell mean hell on earth? Uh, well, yeah, or does hell mean hell beyond? You know, the the, the beyond, and and that's the thing is, could 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 hell be heaven, wiping out his entire family? There's a hell. Yeah, maybe, but like then you 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 come into it. Okay, Skyler is complicit. You remember No Country for Old Men? Yeah. Every person that... Everything goes back to Old Country for Old Men. <laughs> no Country for Old Men. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's a great movie. Uh, but in that movie, every person who compromised their principles ended up paying for it in the end. Including the man who was the murderer throughout. But remember, this is just the world that he wants to imagine. That Vince Gilligan wants to imagine. Yeah, well, he's creating a narrative yeah. and you know he can take it where he wants. Sure. For all I know, he could take it to where the point where Walt is in a coma, indefinitely kept alive on life support, and for whatever reason, because of something that's going on inside, they go like the internal of Walt, and he's just sitting there screaming, but his body is totally still, and he's just screaming, body's totally still, and he's completely unknown, he's completely, uh, you know, a shadow... Nobody, nobody remembers him. No one's going to remember him. No legacy. No anything. Despised. That's well, this raises a word. question I have now about where this series is in the fifth season. Because 
Um, at most television shows that are really successful, they they stick around for more than six or seven seasons. They may go through eight they or often nine. Overstay their welcome. Though. Yeah, they every yes. time pretty much. I, I hope that the MC is not going to do that sort of thing, and I kind of suspect that they won't. With Breaking Bad, no, no this not is going it. to. This, this is, is it. it. They've said so. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. This, this okay, so, okay, because my next question was, well, what happens if they That's have we're three doing more this show, seasons? Joe. Yeah. Oh, August okay. 11th, <laughs> when 5B starts. Okay, well, let me go back and listen to everything from the beginning. Yeah, you yeah. go ahead. No, no, the thing is, Vince Gilligan had to try really hard because originally they didn't even want to do a 16 or 13 episode part for part five and Vince Gillen was shopping around trying to find somebody so that he could actually finish the show. I have no idea why. So it hasn't hampered uh, season five thus far that you can see. As no, it's been it doesn't seem to have affected it at all. And I don't mm-hmm. think it will. He, uh, there were some hints that there was more material there than could be covered, but I, I don't, but that was only from the actors. The Vince Gilligan seems pretty confident that he's going to be able to milk these oh, last eight episodes and finish this story. Hmm. How that story finishes, I'm not exactly sure. Is there is there some need for an epilogue for all the other characters? You know, we haven't really talked a whole lot about Jesse. He's a, an important character in that whole scene. The thi- but the thing that's most important about and, and most interesting is. He's totally right about the the human longing for um, for judgment. That's why it's a good story. That's why it's a good story. That's why it's one of the because it doesn't matter whether story. E- even if a person is a total atheist non Christian, they will involuntarily be you know understand that there is a um, a fabric in reality yes. that requires that there be some kind of boundary line between right. what is right to do and what is wrong to do. Right. And there, nobody is questioning that, that, that Walt is breaking back. Yeah, exactly. That, well, no, I, no, I think he's, I think he's, he's a actually, pretty good guy. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's, 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 he's figuring things out. He's coming around. He's, yeah. he's no, I mean, I mean, everybody agrees. Yeah, you're right. He's, he's, he's going he, from bad to worse. He, he, yeah. Yeah, he is. He is. He is going bad. So I, I mean, that not only is he going bad, but because of the place where he started, it makes a statement about human beings in general that's really hard to deny. Yeah, it's not a floating standard. Uh uh-uh. uh It because if if Walt White can go bad, there's not a single person in the universe that's immune from that. Exactly. And because of the how believably they've taken him right. from everyday chemistry teacher to drug cartel leader. I mean, it's believable. I know it sounds bizarre, but I'm telling you, watch the show if you haven't seen it. Yeah. It really is a believable transition. So if that's actually the case, that believably you're watching it going, yeah, yeah. this could happen. And honestly, if I were in Walt's position, I might do the Every same thing. Every bad decision he makes, he makes for a reason. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's got he's got a reason to do it. And it seems Logical, logical, yeah. right? A cold, even coldly logical right. at times, but still. And there's a certain, there's a certain amount of it, 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 you know. You're like, wow, I'm kind of impressed. Like that's super clever. It's a chemistry equation, right? Exactly. It's, it's a chemistry scientific. equation, and 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 yet, at the end of what's what should be from an evolutionary perspective a totally materialistic chemistry equation, at the end of all of that, you still feel a moral right. longing, right? And whether you're an atheist or not or whatever, this is a common uh, response to the show, that you have a moral longing. Now, if the show establishes that even the most common person is capable of great evil, 
because there is a core of 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 wickedness or or of you know the capacity for wickedness in even that even against her will Skylar is still doing exactly. all this stuff still doing she's it still she's complicit, complicit and right. she's voluntarily doing it right. she has agency and she's doing it voluntarily right. she's she has felt forced but she has never been forced right. she has had the opportunity many 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 times to walk away and she hasn't right and uh you know and so you get to the point where you you start saying okay well if everybody has this capacity for evil and almost everybody gives into it. Even Hank. Even Hank. Well, and all this is very believable and I feel a need for judgment. How do you come to the end of the show and not say, I also feel a need for, is there any possibility of redemption? Is there any possibility for grace? In this show, I don't think so. So so you're saying that uh, mercy, uh, salvation, is not an option for the series. I don't think so. I think the show. I think this show is, if it's true to itself, if it's true to the narrative arc that it's already established. If it doesn't do this, I'll be very upset with, with Vince. It's, it's it sounds awful actually for a Christian to be saying if <laughs> that's if, what I'm wondering. If, if if this show has redemption at the end, no, I'll tell you why it can't. Because there's no God here. Oh, exactly. Right. Right. But but what I'm saying is that when I mean we're talking about that's what movieology does. We talk about worldviews. Oh, I know. So we we talk about good worldviews, and we're, we're commending this show to people. <laughs> and then we say, yeah, but we really hope there's no redemption at the end of this wicked because it show would be dishonest. Because it would be dishonest. That's it exactly would be right. dishonest, and that's that's my issue. Like I I was just talking to a friend who's sitting over there. Uh, I I was talking to my friend Justice about. Um, about the Dark Knight trilogy again. And I was talking about how disingenuous and dishonest the end of Dark Knight was. Mm-hmm. Because he had already very firmly established the extremely historically accurate perception that people are basically selfish and bad. Which is a true statement. Mm-hmm. You know, the old first tenet of Calvinism, blah, 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 total depravity. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> So you you go from there. Are you talking about the boat scene? Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. So you've totally, completely, accurately established (laughs) that people are selfish and basically wicked. And then you have, of all people, convicts. In the Dark Knight Rises. No, this is the Dark Knight. Sorry, the Dark Knight, yes. That's what I said. Okay. In In the... Convicts acting completely altruistically for no reason... In fact, in contradiction to all self-interest, and then you have Batman. See, you were wrong about the citizens of Gotham. Gotham is full of decent people ready to do the right thing. Which is why later... You, you, you got the voice down. When Harvey Dent... <laughs> later when Harvey Dent... Michael is Batman. You know, drops off the uh, the old righteous bus. That's why, since people are basically good, sometimes the truth isn't good enough. Sometimes people's faith needs to be rewarded with a lie, right? So we can't trust them well enough to receive the truth about Harvey Dent, but for whatever reason, we can trust convicts to make a completely altruistic, non-self-interested choice concerning the lives of other people. Highly doubtful. So inf- so dishonest, in fact, that it's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. And he tried to address it in Dark Knight Rises and failed. 
But I think that he recognized that there was an error in Dark Knight, mm-hmm. a, an, an ethical conundrum, shall we say, a loophole created by his existentialism that was coupled with his longing for an idealistic redemption. But the thing is, if human beings aren't good, then the only possibility for good for human beings has to come from outside of them. Mm-hmm. And if the if 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 you create a, a scenario like in Breaking Bad where it's obvious that people are evil, right on. That's why the show resonates because yeah. that's true. Right. But as soon as you start saying, "And there's redemption mm-hmm. from within that same evil person," it's like, "What in the world? <laughs> How? Like, what? You've already yeah. established very clearly that these because people it has are to be bad. pure humanism. Right. Exactly." Right. So, so either Humanism tell me that these good. people are good and therefore they can be good and they can create good or tell me that these people are wicked and that means that they can't help themselves. You know, but you can't have it both ways. And that's, that was the dishonesty in, in the dark night that was very off putting for me was that really he wanted to have it both ways. He wanted to be an existentialist, recognizing the vanity of human existence, the vainglory of all our pursuits, and the intrinsic self-interest of human beings. And at the same time, on the other hand, he wanted to believe in an idealistic hope that there was a possibility for redemption and goodness in the human heart. These things are, are mutually exclusive. Right. You can either have one or you can have the other. Both of them taken on their own are lies. But at least in the sense of existentialism, if, if you're going to take atheism you have to take it to its logical conclusion, and that's what it is. And if Breaking Bad wants to take it like that, that's what it is too. You want justice? Fine. But it's going to be complete justice without redemption. But you've got Jesse in, in Season 4 at least addressing the question uh, when he attends a, a nar- Narcotics Anonymous meeting. Yeah. Um, and after Jesse shares a thinly veiled version of his own crime, the group leader counsels self-acceptance. We're not here to sit in judgment, he says, to which Jesse explodes. Why not? Why not? If you just do stuff and nothing happens, what's it all mean? What's the point? So no matter what I do, hooray for me because I'm a great guy. It's all good. No matter how many dogs I kill, I just, what, do an inventory and accept? So that that's that's the other side of the equation. It, it does, the show does address it. It, yeah. it doesn't answer it, no. but it but but it brings up the question. Well, it, 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 what it rejects is if people are truly wicked, then self-acceptance is not the answer. Right. But it doesn't grant the answer. Th- that it's not within. It just questions it. That it's not within. Well, I don't even think it says that necessarily. What do I do? Just do an inventory and accept? Right, exactly. So there's a despair there. Yeah. But there's not an offering of an answer. No, no, there's not. No, I, was, I, I didn't say there was. But, but, there's, no. but there's an addressing of the question. Oh, no, no, for sure. They definitely address the question. And that's as far as any honest unbeliever can go. Right. And that and that's why and we're both in agreement. If, yeah. if there is redemption offered at the end of this, it would be dishonest. Unless, for whatever reason, at some point or another, Vince Gilligan has finally come along to, like, you know, actually believing in the truth. In which case, even still, Walt White is... Okay, like, for instance, did, did I ever tell you about the, uh, the whole Dead Souls fiasco with uh, Nikolai Gogol? Mm-mm. I'm a big fan of Russian literature. Nikolai Gogol wrote <laughs> Dead Souls. He wrote the first part of it while he was an unbeliever. And it's about this very petty criminal named Chichikov who's trying everything he possibly can. In fact, he's putting so much effort into gaining wealth through petty criminal acts that if he had put that same amount of effort into just 
trying to pursue a you know bureaucratic legal career like same with walt yeah if walt put the same amount of cleverness and effort into a a a positive and legal career he would have already made money and kept his family most criminals most criminals yeah Yeah, most great criminals that's definitely the case so anyway so so what happened with gogol though is that gogol became a christian after he had completed part one and he started beginning to write part two he could not finish the book the book is not finished if you go and read uh, Dead Souls, it's very frustrating because all that's left of part two are fragments because he burned almost all the manuscripts because he was never satisfied with it. Mm. The only thing that's left are little pieces of it that got you know left with his friends and such, um, and the friends refused to destroy it, but he wanted them to. Um, he was he died and was very disappointed always that he was never able to finish his masterpiece, which was that that's what that's what would would have been his masterpiece. Now, what I find really interesting though is that it's very possible. That Chichikov, the character, and Dead Souls, the narrative, was militating against any attempt to redeem that character. Like, almost to the point where it's like, the reason why you couldn't do it is because everything you tried to do felt dishonest to you. Right. Because this character is not redeemable. Some, And that's true. That's true. In yeah. some cases, there are those characters that... No matter what you try and do, they're not. You're not honestly able to find any place for them right. to, you know, be Re- redeemed. And regardless of ways, their theology, yeah, yeah, there exactly. are people in hell, right, right, yeah. And so you've got this Walt White character, and the, and I mean, my thing is, there's no redemption for this character. So I, this I have a question for you yeah. then: If he doesn't have redemption, then does Walt at least learn his lesson? From getting his comeuppance, yeah, and see that's the that's the issue also with because the, that would be still gra- uh, uh, like gratification, satisfying, satisfying yeah, for, for the, the audience. For that's the why audience. I think killing him off is too easy. Well, yeah, and that's that's the whole thing with No in, Country in, for Old in Men in the world of Breaking Bad. Anyway. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. In the world of No Country for Old Men, killing off that the mass murderer also would have been too easy. Yeah. So instead, he needed to be taught: you are not a tool of fate; you are as subject to fate as everyone else. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you're going to get in a freak accident and hurt yourself badly, but you're not going to die. Because if you died, then you wouldn't learn your lesson. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to face the fact that you are not in control. A coin flip is not fate. Exactly. Yeah. So, in uh, the lady that you just killed, you know, the woman that you just killed, she was right. Mm-hmm. You were wrong about your place, about your identity, about your significance. And uh, I think that's a really important part of that movie. If if the guy had died, I mean, a lot of people complained about the fact that the guy didn't die at the end of the movie. And I think a lot of people will probably complain if if Walt doesn't die at the end of Breaking Bad. But honestly, I think they could do it pretty simply and 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 leave it at that. I really do. I don't think that it's necessary for it to be some kind of out of control thing because really what I think is if they establish it clearly enough that his desire is for notoriety and then he dies a common death in basic basically without any recognition mm-hmm. and without any legacy well we'll know at the end of September we won't have to speculate anymore <laughs> we'll know we will and and maybe we should do a follow up on it. Uh yes, most definitely. To whatever extent even if it's just a little short follow up. Yeah, cuz if we if we've interested anybody to watch the show or maybe or listen to our show. Persuaded people not to watch it go like, well they just told me everything. Um but we, <laughs> we didn't do, tell you hardly anything. Yeah, we do recommend that that you watch it if for nothing else to to learn how to tell 
a simple story very, 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 very well. I agree. Not just a simple story, but a simple story about the bad guy and yet be rather compelling if, I mean... Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I'm surprised at how compelling the show is considering As you're describing, this is the is. villain, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And that's becoming fairly common again, though. And and maybe that's just because people feel, or, or writers feel like the best way to tell a good story, honestly, is to talk about bad things. You know, or it may be the Tolstoy thing where he talked about all good families are good in the same way. It's only bad families that are different. And it's, it's the common element. Everybody can identify with sin because they're all sinners. And I know right. we don't have time to talk about this, but this brings us back to the whole biblical uh, parallels with this story of the Old Testament is that, you know, it was full of bad men, uh, men that were challenged to do the right thing and they didn't turn out as heroes, but we still appreciate the struggle that they had and we learn a lot of moral lessons from it. And we assume as, you know, uh biblical worldview guys that somehow a hero is necessary as a component for any story until we come to realize a good story like breaking bad and then we realize you know what you don't it doesn't have to be about the hero you can still learn an awesome morality tale or you can still glean a lot of interesting worldview matter from a story that isn't centric to the hero from an anti-hero story yeah right. yeah and well, the, the bible's that- full of them to the extent that it's true, I mean, one of the things that Vanessa and I were concerned about, and this will also depend a whole lot on how it ends uh, throughout, is that if if you do sympathize with him, it's definitely the case that your sense of what is right and wrong is challenged mm-hmm. throughout the show, that you really do regularly have to reassess. Because you'll be sitting there, and Walt will be doing something, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's what you should be doing because you've been totally sucked into the story. And you, and you think, you know, well, why don't they just, like, take the body? And since they know the junkyard guy, they could go over there. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Very clever, Walt. Way to go. You know, that kind of thing. And you're, and you're sitting here, and you have to rethink, and you're like, oh, wait, 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 wait a second. I, I'm, I'm congratulating the guy on the cleverness of how he's hiding the body that he just killed. Like, that's not really... That's not cool. Yeah. Like, or, or if they're going to do meth anyway, give them some really pure stuff. Yeah. If you've got a chemistry reasonable. teacher that can do it, why not? That seems reasonable. Yeah. No, and, and, it, and it does I, – I wouldn't even say necessarily that the worldview – that the moral worldview concerning these acts inside the framework of the, of the show is skewed. It's just that as a viewer, it challenges what you – you know, it challenges you regularly as to whether or not there's a there there whether or not there's a boundary line that is shiftable. You know, whether there's a gradient to what is right and wrong, and I think that's really important. Obviously, if you're going into it thoughtfully, carefully, and you know, searching and guarding your heart, I, I don't think a person should just go in this show and just get in, totally engrossed in it and then become you know like meth dealer or something. Hmm. Awesome. <laughs> That's all I can say is uh, this has been an hour and 20 minutes of awesomeness. <laughs> talking about Breaking Bad. Sweet. You could probably cut the part out of the middle where you talk about me eating. And the part where you bring it up again. Yeah, yeah, because we have to cut oh, the right second. now? Yeah, we have to, yeah. Okay. Are we so going to cut this out? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. I'll, I'll add that to the director's commentary track. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening to the Moviology. If you're still listening to us, uh, wow, you're amazing. So, uh, you're a true, true listener. That's right. True per. And you're probably the type of guy who will watch all of Breaking Bad even after hearing all of the spoilers. Like me, so uh, if you catch me on Twitter. I'm Joseph Darnell on Twitter, and if you also want to catch some more of the show, look it up on moviebite.com. We uh, have more than one podcast there, and this is just one of them. So look us up there and find more of our episodes where we talk about more movies and good stuff, whether they be TV shows or worldviews as well. So, um, guys, if that's it, I think that wraps up episode five. It's great to have it in the can. Sure is. Sweet. Thanks for listening. Yes, thank you. Love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs>